0: It is always so frightening to make those decisions on which a lot of things depend. And often, that are the most difficult times. So, how do you find or where do you find those answers from? Well, hop in! My First Step Ever podcast helps growth-minded youth across the globe who are hungry to achieve their goals. This self-help podcast uncovers the unique stories of people across the globe who are living a fulfilled life. With their wisdom, strategy and actionable steps, this podcast helps you take your first step ever. Hey everyone, I'm Ishani Nigam, the producer and host of this podcast. A creative and a curious soul based out of Melbourne with a background in marketing, digital content and design, I help create content that inspire and educate my audiences. If you're an entrepreneur, brand or coach, who wants to create their own authority or take your brand to the next level through own podcast series, then I'm up for a chat. You can contact me on my first step ever underscore in Instagram account. See you on the other side. And for now, let's tune into this episode. You are on my first step ever, and if you have come thus far, that means that you have earned a really good next 30 minutes of your life and you're investing in yourself to grow and understand how you can take one step more closer to your goal. And today we have Michael Seaver all the way from USA. Hi, Michael.
1: Hi, Ishtani. How are you?
0: I am doing really good. And just two minutes before we spoke, before this podcast, I felt so good. You are such a friendly and a warm person to speak with. And before I move on, I would really like to tell my listeners that who you are listening to today and why you should be listening to him. So Michael Siever, he is an award-winning executive coach, a leadership consultant, and a keynote speaker and an author. Most importantly, what he is doing on earth, he has a mission. He has a mission to unlock human potential to help people live their purpose and live a more meaningful life he does that in different ways helping the organizational leaders bringing some change in organizational settings but that's more on a level that he's been doing since past quite years more than 25 years he has been leading teams and has coached global leaders now what is he doing here he has very graciously helped us with giving some time of his so that you all of, your, all of our listeners, my listeners, and myself, we can understand from his journey that how he became the global leader, the kind of person he is who's helping in the coaching industry and helping the leaders across the world to change their game for their betterment. And let me also tell you, he has been featured on Forbes, Authority, Medium, Thrive Global, and now he's on my first step ever podcast. So that, that's an honor for my podcast. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I've been talking a lot, but as I said, you know, Michael, our listeners are growth-minded youth, or at least people who are young at heart, who are willing to take the first step. So before we move on, I would really like to tell you that we are going to go back in your, you know, late teens or early twenties and dig into your mindset and see what we find from there. Are you ready for this?
1: I am totally ready, Johnny. Thank you.
0: Woo-hoo! Okay. So my first question is, how would you describe yourself in your late teens and early twenties?
1: Very, very different than I am today. And so back then I was quite nervous. I was quite timid. I was quite shy, very introverted, uh, definitely looking for something new out of life and not knowing how to find it. In some ways I felt a little bit abandoned by my family. I felt like they really didn't understand who I was. So I think back to my late teenagers and my early 20s, I felt really out of place. Right? I didn't feel like I fit in anywhere or where I was living at the time in Michigan, I didn't think it was the right place for me. So maybe someone listening kind of feels that same way where they they feel all these feelings inside, don't know exactly where they're coming from, but they just feel that they need to try something new in some new location. Well,
0: first of all, thank you for, you know, admitting that, because it is not very easy for everyone to admit, you know, how they were back in the times when they were most vulnerable, or, you know, things were not right. And the most important and difficult part is to, you know, uh, confess to yourself that yes, things are not right. So as you mentioned that you were Confused in in a way, trying to find yourself, and somewhere you felt abandoned by a family in the sense that you felt that they didn't you felt that they did not understand you, which is very common. I would say we all feel that way. <laughs> Agreed. Yes. 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 <laughs> it's also more coming from the sense of you know finding oneself because you don't understand yourself, and then how would you expect someone else to understand yourself? Which is also very normal. So moving from there, I I'm sure you know at that because of the situations that we are in at this age, we have a lot of fears. So if you can name, if you're okay by naming and pinpointing those top two fears that you had about yourself or maybe your professional life or yourself in personal way, and how did you deal with them at that point in time?
1: Yeah, back then, I definitely feared my work product. So whatever it was I was creating at work or whatever it was I was doing in school I really feared those products being criticized, right? I didn't like when my work was judged or I didn't like when it was put down if they didn't really think about all of the hard work that I had put into the work, right? So criticism was the the big one. I also feared in some way, I feared loss of security. And what I mean by that is that I would, Uh, accommodate everybody else's wants or needs, I became a people pleaser and constantly doing what everybody else wanted as opposed to doing what I wanted. And so I would say yes to things that really didn't align with who I was. And I didn't have the courage to say no to the things that I didn't want to do. I just did them anyways to feel included. But I would say that the biggest fear that I had back then and not knowing how to address it was that I actually feared my own potential and that i i knew that there was something bigger and better out there for me but i didn't know how to do it because i was still kind of stuck in people criticizing my work product or me fearing loss of security that i didn't get to this really significant point of experimenting or trying or exploring the various things that i knew in my heart that i was great at and i just want everybody listening to say whatever fears you have that's a okay it's a normal nat like natural emotion for humans to have But whatever it is that you really are desiring to do, you should absolutely have the experience and experiment with it and try it and learn from it, because that's where overcoming fears is going to happen.
0: So Michael, let's say that you are at that point right now, while you were in your early 20s and you're facing these fears. So who was the first point of contact for you? Or who did you really look up to, you know, share your worries with to look for an answer? But if you did not have someone, what did you do about
1: it? Yeah, you know, thankfully back then I started dating a woman who, and we I ended up getting married to. We're no longer married today, but we were we were married back then. So I met her when I was twenty, and we got married when I was twenty-three. And so for that roughly eight years, from I was from age twenty to about twenty-eight, uh, she was definitely my strength and my courage, and that person that I could bounce ideas off. And the reason why is because her feelings about life in the small town she was raised were pretty similar to mine. And so we kind of had kindred spirits, right, where we able to feel the same feelings as one another and really understand each other deeply. So the thing that helped us the most as we were thinking about those fears and trying to overcome them was talking openly about them. So we would really, every week, have really deep conversations about the fears and where they come from and what we were willing to try to make sure we could overcome them. And one of the things that we did when we were 23 years of age is we left Michigan and moved across the United States to the state of Arizona. And I wouldn't have been able to do that if it wasn't for her. So when you think about those close friends, whether it's a romantic partner, somebody that you're dating, whether it's a friend, whether it's a mentor or a coach in your life, maybe it's a teacher- It doesn't really matter who it is. As long as you trust that person, they trust you, and you can exchange ideas and talk through to release the fear, experiment and try a couple of things to help you release the fear further, but then really walk forward into this next and better version of yourself.
0: I think this is so important what you just have mentioned. The key to any problem, you know, at that point in time in your early 20s, or I think in your 20s, or else in any stage of your life, is to communicate. Communication is so necessary because it's very difficult to find all the answers related to your emotions within yourself at times. And you always get a perspective or you just feel relaxed and, you know, you feel relieved and communicating with the people you trust. And if, you fear that at this point in time, you're not comfortable speaking to your parents, your friends, because you think they might laugh at you. What would they think about you? Which is all okay, because that happens. And I have gone through that as well. So I think everyone understands that. What one thing that I can suggest is, it's all good to reach out to someone who can help you. For example, counselors. And it's so good, you know, if you see therapy as just conversation, it will help you out so much. So thank you, Michael, for sharing that what went through your head at that point in time. From being that person who... So I think you would describe yourself to be still a very focused, someone who really wanted to, you know, a bit ambitious. How, how would you describe yourself professionally?
1: Yeah, definitely in my early 20s, that was definitely who I was. Like, I knew that I had that potential. I knew that I had something more inside of me, but I didn't know where it was or how it was going to occur. And today... I'm even more so that right i'm even more focused on what it is that i want to do and so i remember you know going from this place of being full of fear and being very introverted and very shy to being focused back in those days and knowing what it was that i wanted i just didn't know how it was going to occur so here we are now basically 20 years later and i feel still that same level of focus like i know what my life's mission is i know what my purpose is i know how i'm supposed to impact the world and it's just waiting for certain pieces to kind of fall into place to allow for my impact to scale. So I think that that's the key thing is that you have to stay focused in on your life's mission and your core values and the things that you that matter most to you and say no to the things that are not connected to what you really want to have in terms of impact. And that's really hard because there's lots of distractions and interruptions in society, but you have to be able to turn all of that off to stay focused really in on your strengths, your authority, the way that you know you can have an impact in the things that feel aligned to you and that you really know that you can positively benefit those people around you.
0: It just seems like you speak my mind right now or, you know, (laughs) things that I've been experiencing. (laughs) I'm sure people who are listening to us can. I mean, they have a light bulb moment as well right now. So you mentioned that at that point you were focused. The only thing that was worrying you or maybe that did not happen at that point in time is how do you convert your energies and channelize it in the right way. So my question is, Michael, how did that happen for you?
1: So when you when you think about from birth until about age 27, 28, all humans are kind of going through the same phases of life, the same stages, if you will. So if you're in your late teenage years, or you're in your early 20s, it's okay to slow down a little bit and to not press too hard. And so what i mean by that is we want to have experiences we want to have diverse experiences we want to stay true to ourselves and our mission and our purpose but we want to have really unique experiences because right around age 28 things really shift and transition for us where we start to connect the dots in a different way right our brain starts to think differently we start to see the things that we have the courage to say no to or the courage that we want to experiment with or try so in my early 20s i started taking jobs at the four seasons resort in north scottsdale So I was able to interact with celebrities and athletes and politicians, very wealthy people around Arizona. And that taught me an awful lot about customer service and how to anticipate someone's needs and how to interact with people who are very different than me. So I did the hospitality thing for about four or five years. And then when I was 28, I decided to go to the Thunderbird School of Global Management and get an MBA. And that's where my life changed. That's where the how became known. So sometimes for each of us, how we get to that point of clarity is different. Some of us, it happens a little bit earlier in our 20s. For me, it didn't happen until age 28. So I had to keep trying and experimenting and talking to people and making sure that I had my voice heard. So then at age 28, when it all started to click for me, I was like, okay, now I see where I'm supposed to go. Now I see how, now I see why. And it all just fell right into place in a really, really good way.
0: Lovely. I think that is a very beautiful way to make us understand that wherever we are right now in whichever stage it's okay to be in there and keep on doing things as you mentioned previously aligned with what you want because that will eventually take you to a place where you ought to be or where you want to be so that was quite interesting then from there how did you start your own business of coaching which you are so famous for, and you're an expert and veteran in this field, very, uh, yeah, I would really like to put that out. And I also wanted to understand, when you started off, what was the first failure that you faced? And how did you go through it? Because this is all about taking your first step. So we would really like to understand
1: that in detail. Yeah, thank you. So, you know, those late teenage years and those early 20s where I was feeling lost, I was unsure, you know, at the time, you know, being with my ex-wife to be able to have someone to talk to is absolutely critical. So make sure that everybody listening that you have that person to speak with, right, have that conversation. So in 2008, for me, when I was 28 years of age, I went to the Thunderbird School of Global Management, and I was exposed to students from 53 different countries across the world. And at the same time, I was given a career coach. And so this woman named Pam, she gave me assessments and she gave me some questions to answer. And we had lots of conversation. And as a result of that, she really said to me, you know, you should be considering a career in human resources or leadership development, you know, coaching, consulting, things along those lines. And that was the, that was the how moment, right? And each of us has that moment. And so, thankfully, as a result of talking to her and coming to an agreement with myself that that was going to be a good path forward, I did an internship at a very large healthcare system between my uh, first and second year as a student. And thankfully, when I came back for my second year in the MBA program, the Career Center asked me to be a coach to first-year students. And so that was absolutely marvelous for me because I absolutely got into flow and lost track of time when I was coaching people from around the world. Didn't matter where they were from. I just loved to be able to help people. And so I did that for that entire semester, right? Coaching people late into the night, helping them with resumes and cover letters and LinkedIn skills and interview skills and really help them to find their, their kind of role in life, their purpose in life. And that meant a lot to me. So I knew that I was going to take a corporate job right after I finished the master's degree, but I also knew in the back of my mind that I needed to start a coaching practice. So right after I finished the master's degree in the year 2010, I went to a very large healthcare system as the director of talent sourcing. And so I ran the employee referral program, something called the career transition program, the onboarding process, new employee orientation, at the time it was twenty-seven thousand employees so i had to manage those processes across seven different states and for all of those employees but even though i was making good money and i had power internally to this to this organization i always felt like i still wasn't living in alignment with my life's mission i still felt there was something that was a little bit different or off and so there was one day and it was early 2011 i'd been with the organization about 18 months and I remember we got stuck in rush hour traffic on the freeway going into the office. And I remember just looking around and I started crying uncontrollably. Like I was just so distraught because what I realized was, is that I was missing being a coach. I was missing helping people because my job at the time, although I was making good money and I was having an impact on people, I wasn't coaching and that really made me feel sad. So I promised myself about six months later that I was going to leave that job and start my coaching business. So in October of 2011, I quit a six-figure job to run my own business. And it was the most terrifying thing that I've ever done, but it was also the best thing that I've ever done because I believed in myself. And I aligned my activities day to day today with the things that mattered most to me, which was helping other people. So, at the very beginning of my business, I didn't have a process. I didn't have a lot of savings uh, in my bank. So, I also had to teach classes at a local university. So, I did that for about a year just to keep making money to pay my bills. And then, after another year, I went to work for Arizona State University as a career coach for graduate degree students. So, I was still building my business nights and weekends, but I was able to bring money in consistently to be able to take more risks inside my business. So, I think when you think about someone's life and how we you know we get prepared over years and years and years for something and then all of a sudden the right door opens which for me was in October of 2011 i started my business but even in 2012 2013 when i was still working full time for another business at least i was still helping people i was still coaching i was still teaching that meant a lot to me so thankfully in the latter part of 2014 early 2015 i was able to stop working for another business, and I was able to focus on mine full-time. And that at then, that was really important because society was quite a bit different then than it is today. So I had to maintain that job and the healthcare benefits and all the things then to be able to fully get to where I was in 2015, where I was making enough money in my business to be able to support it. So from 2015 through now, August, I'm sorry, October of 2021, my business has evolved quite a bit and i couldn't have predicted that it would right so when we think about starting something we're only really starting it for two or three years and knowing that it's going to evolve and change because i started out career coaching and then i became a communications trainer and coach and then i became a personal branding coach and then i became basically like an executive coach and then i did organizational change and development and earlier this year in 2021 i published a book called i know and that has sprouted into a series of other things Uh, with regards to like leading masterminds and circles and groups. And so when you think back to your teenage years, your early 20s, those years are very much just about having experiences and learning. And I needed those experiences that when I turned 28, 29, and 30, I used them as fuel. And what I mean by that is that when I was a youngster, I always felt like a robot in my family's business. And it was very very demotivating for me. So that when I got to those hard parts about starting my business in 2011 and 2012, I used those those memories of being in my teenage years and my 20s, I used them as fuel or as encouragement to make sure that I was able to build my business to be what it is today. And so all of those years in our teenage years and our 20s, even though they might seem challenging or they might seem hard, you use them later as encouragement and as fuel and as motivation to do things that you really genuinely want to. And I think that's the key piece is that we always have to look at these cycles in life. So I use the phrase quite often, Ashani, and it's called be the person you needed when you were younger. And to me, that's a really powerful statement. Because when I was a kid in my teenage years, I didn't have a coach or a mentor in my life. And so I decided that I was going to devote my life to being a coach or a mentor to other people. And that's why I still coach to this day and I spend a lot of time uplifting people regardless of where they're at on the planet because I wanted to be the person that I didn't have in those younger years. So even if that isn't exactly clear for everybody listening right now because you're at a different stage of life, just be thinking about that mission and that purpose and your core values and staying focused on living them because as you get into your 30s and 40s, things really change, they really blossom, they really open up especially if you use those younger years as motivation to keep you going when things get a little bit harder later on. So today my mission is to unlock human potential and I really do value authenticity, spirituality, and growth. And it's really important for me to have that clarity, to be able to help other people because I want people to feel as clear as I do because I think that's where happiness is. That's where I think joy is. And that's where I think people genuinely get the most out of life. So, Life is a series of ups and downs. It's kind of like a roller coaster sometime. But if you stay focused on the things that matter most to you, you get way more blessings than you do hardships. What do you think?
0: I would like to say that I was intently glued to what you're saying because this is exactly what I was trying to, you know, uncover in the different stories and from people who come on this podcast. And you have shared your story in such great detail that now we understand that how people become what they become. And it's not a one day or a one year journey. It takes a lot of time. As you said that a lot of people say, I quit my job and then I started my business. And definitely it's a terrifying experience. But then you explain the procedure that you still need money. So what do you do for that? You have other sources and you should not feel bad about doing that, you know, because I thought of quitting. Now again, I'm going to do some job, but then that is for a purpose. So now you're making it work so that you get money to invest in something bigger than what you wanted to do before. So I think that was a chunk of your story that just made me thinking, you know, because I'm also on a journey, and there's a lot of things that I'm going through. And it was so lovely to listen to your story, being so authentic. So, Michael, thank you so much. And I would like to just say one more thing. It's just it has no connection to what we're doing right now, but I think you have a very soothing voice. And I definitely think that's your USP as a coach and a leader because when you speak to someone, they relax and then they, you know, they calm down and then they listen to you. So I think, yeah. Thank you so much, Michael. Um,
1: It was my pleasure, Ashani. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for being on my first step ever and being the authentic self, the real self that you are. Hopefully we will get to hear you again soon or if you are listeners, if you are interested to know more about him, I will definitely leave his Instagram link, website link, all on my first step ever underscore in instagram handle and also i think michael mentioned about his book i know i think the title itself sounds so good i know and so i want to know about a lot of things <laughs> that's the book if you are watching this video podcast you can see the book that michael is just showing so thank you michael it has been a pleasure having you on my first step ever And before you leave, I always ask my guest speakers to leave our listeners with a thought or a saying that you resonate with.
1: I think the, the, the be the person you needed when you were younger is a really important phrase or statement because it really does help us to remember why we do what we do. And I think sometimes we really struggle with a lot of that stuff. So I think that that's probably the most powerful thing that I could say. But I also just want to remind everybody is that the book I know isn't that Michael Siever knows or that Ishani Nagam knows. Right? The book I know is about trusting your own intuition. So yes, be the person you need when you were younger, but yes, more importantly, trust your intuition because all of the answers that you need to life's hardest questions are inside of you already.
0: These chats leave me with amazing energy. And today, I like to leave you with that positive energy. If you've liked this episode, enjoyed or learned something out of it, then follow me at my first step ever underscore IN Instagram account where you can get in touch and let me know that what really helped you. And keep following my First Step Ever podcast on Apple, Google, or Spotify, whichever platform you love. And before I take your leave, I would like to say that if you love watching videos, This podcast is also available on my YouTube channel, Ishani Nigam. Until next time, start believing in yourself and keep believing in yourself.